This is Find the Outside, the podcast. I'm Tuesday Reinhardt. And I'm Tim Merry. This week on Find the Outside, the podcast, we have taken a field trip. Woo! Sweden! Where, where are we? I was going to say, where are we, Tim? Sweden! <laughs> <laughs> We've been here for the past four days doing some work and we have some guests with us, actual uh, our clients on a project that we've been excited about and working on for over a year. That's right. Do you want to introduce people, Tim? Yeah, well, why don't people introduce themselves? So why don't we start with Yol and then work our way around the table. Back to you, Chus. Sounds good. Yol, could you just give us a, give us a little hint on who you are? A hint of who I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm Joel Yeah. <laughs> and I'm from Malmo. Yeah. I've been here all my life, of course. Uh, and I work for Save the Children. Yeah. I like to play the guitar. Great. And what's the longest time that you've been out of Malmo for in your life? Uh, I, it's definitely two weeks in yeah. 1990. Yeah. Trip to Mallorca. Nice. Didn't want to go back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I missed Malmo. Good. Yeah. Missed Malmo too much. Yeah. So, Yol, you're, what is it? Is it a Malmetian? What do, what are folks from Malmo called? Uh, yeah. Malmeet. Malmeet. Okay. Got it. Brilliant. Rodolfo, good to have you with us. Thank you. Uh, well, Rodolfo, it's my name. I'm an operations development officer in Save the Children, and I work uh, close to Joel. I've been close and close to you during the last six months in uh, this initiative forward, Mamo. Great. Yeah. And when did you come to Mamo? To Malmo, or I would, in my case, it's a little bit like Skåne, like this, the ah, south of Sweden. That's true, right. Mm. So I moved from Costa Rica 12 years ago yeah. to this beautiful part of the world, where Malmo is a very big part of it. Yeah. And I am Sabina Retori. I work in the city of Malmo, and I've been a part of this work uh, the last year. And I moved to Malmo when I was 17. Mm. Mm from a little, little village in the south of Skåne. Oh. And I felt uh, welcome immediately arriving to Malmö yeah. because I felt that uh, here in our town, you can be yourself. Mm. Yeah. Love it. So Tim, maybe we should say a little bit about the project. Okay. And then we can dive into all the things I want to ask people about. I had a, I had a question straight away after that check-in, but you're right. We should probably right. say what we're doing. Just for folks who are you yeah. know, listening in no, and aren't, I'm, I'm haven't with been with us the past four days. Yeah. So we've been working with a project, an initiative. We don't love the word project. No. We've been working with a movement called Forward Malmo for about a year now. And initially it was... Um, it was initiated by Save the Children, right? Who knew that you needed to work in a different way, right? If we were actually going to improve the lives of children, we needed to not just develop programs. We wanted to develop kind of a systemic view of how to change the conditions that impact children. And of course, no one organization can do that on your own. And so pretty quickly, I don't want to, you can tell more about the history, but pretty quickly, right? It became apparent that we would need to have kind of a multi-sector, multi-stakeholder response to what's happening for children. And so about a year ago, we convened a group um, across the city to say, what is it that we'd like to do? Right. And uh, you pointed at me that just so the listeners know, Tuesday just pointed at me and all I was doing was listening to Tuesday right then. So uh, now I'm buying myself time to say something. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so some things have stuck in my mind about this project. And one of them was very early on. And, uh, you know, the Malmets might get annoyed at me for saying this because it's like, but like what's one of the things that struck me was that was that, you know, Malmo was dealing with a 30% child poverty rate. 
right? And like in Canada where I live, that's not the story of Sweden that we hear. Yeah. Like the story of Sweden we hear is like the perfect society where there's like a four hour work week and everyone's just like super happy and like, and, and is like 50 years ahead of the rest of the world in terms of education and everything. Like that's the story that we hear. And so I remember that just really shocking me and being like, wait a minute, what's going on? You know? And then, you know, and then also hearing the story of like, you know, the largest migration, immigration into this area in its history within the last five years, the bridge being built in the last 20 years you know um and so there's this context of massive change and in sweden now there's a context of massive political change as well so there's this it just feels like there's massive amounts of upheaval and uncertainty that are giving us a lot of opportunity to do something really significant in malmo and we're hoping that by working in malmo we get to do something that could impact things nationally like in england there you have this phrase of the canary in the coal mine that Malmo is in many ways, you know, pointing at the future of Sweden as a whole. So if we can begin to make ground in Malmo, we could potentially make ground for Sweden, you know. So I think that's, is that, is that good? Does that set us up? Yeah, I think, you know, so we have worked over the past year to develop a project whereby we're making systems change across the city, right? Yeah. So. And we're just out of two days of work with, you know, 44 odd people who at the end of it committed into staying this over a further 12 months to just go for it together. Yeah. Good. But let's hear from our guests a little what bit. What did we miss? What would you like to add yes. about what we're doing uh, in in our work with you and together? I, well, I think you did a pretty good description. Nice. And, and I, I <laughs> it's very good team, but. <laughs> you don't need us anymore. But I'm, yes, exactly. But I'm thinking about like kind of like this journey that actually Save the Children started like a couple of years ago when we started thinking or like rethinking like what kind of organization we would want it to, to, to be mm. from being like, you know, Save the Children Sweden will be very soon a hundred, a hundred years old organization. Mm. Okay. And, and with it's a big grassroots movement within Sweden. And we've been going through all these different phases from being this organization, you know, um, putting money together for poor children all over the world to during the beginning of the 90s when we transformed from when we got the Children's Rights Convention and start being like this organization doing advocacy and really trying to say to the to different governments and in, in our case here in Sweden, you need to fulfill children's rights and we will be this organization putting the, the eyes on you all the time in terms mm. of education, in terms of health mm. and so on and so on. And now really taking this big uh, big step that is really like scary when we say like it's not just about that focus, we need to be part of the solution. Since yeah. after the big migration crisis in 2015, the state, the government, the municipality, they say we cannot solve this on our own, even though that we are the ones actually having the responsibility. I mean, it's like the pay tax are saying to us, you, you should fix this. But there is no one that has a solution when you have uh, 5,000 people coming to the borders of Sweden every day. That right. was the reality we had at least wow. here in Malmö. So it was quite impressive. And then it was kind of like this, we need to do something about it. We need to become part of the solution and not just being the one saying, like, ha, 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 you're doing wrong right now. Right. But how do you do that? And then that was like kind of the big question. And that's when we started discussing about sustainability and social sustainability and what is the role of Save the Children into this. And of course, we came up with the first eureka of this saying like, you know what, we cannot do it alone either. Mm. But in some way we can start to we can start figuring things out. Yeah. 
and that's kind of like the journey when I we contact you guys in the outside. That was the journey for Save the Children. But we've been working in Malmo for the past eight years or something. When mm. we when we started contacting the municipality and the public sector and saying we need to do something different here because we have different findings of how do do we use empowerment and how does the value chains connect for people. And people looked at us like like we were crazy or some, some, <laughs> someone let, let, let him out too soon or something. I don't know. <laughs> but then we found, found different people uh, that like understood us. Like me. Yeah, like Sabina. Yeah. And said, you're, some, you're on the right track here. Let's, let's figure things out. Uh, and, and that was really, really impressing because not, not the whole of the public sector were like that. So, so there were um, there were a few people there who who saw saw things differently and saw the the um, the role that the public sector could play with the with the other sectors quite early. I think I don't I I haven't heard about this in the large cities from the large other large cities in in Sweden. Sabine, could you talk a little bit coming from the city, coming yeah. from the public sector? What did you see? Why did you want to join? What feels oh. possible to you? Yeah. Uh, first, I would like to add uh, an historical context to it. I think Malmö is uh, prepared for this mm. uh, because of what uh, Joel said. Some of us in the municipality, we've been working together with the NGOs and other stakeholders uh, for the last years. Uh, and uh, Malmö has been a city of uh, changing uh, through the last uh, two decades and we are used to, to develop when we have crisis. Mm. So, so we have some experiences to use. And, and the new thing uh, the last decade is to focus on social sustainability. Mm. And uh, we have had a very um, resolute uh, very resolute political decisions about that mm. and that that uh, makes our common work easier uh, and there is a greater uh, understanding for it yeah. uh, I when I began working with the city development it was in the middle of the 90s I started in an NGO or rather uh, we weren't any NGO we were some neighbors <laughs> but we started an NGO to work uh, uh, with empowerment to develop uh, our uh, nearest yeah. uh, hoods uh, so that's my best school for city development mm. and I think perhaps uh, I, I've learned a great deal from that uh, working in an NGO and then working in the public sector and also in the private sector to have different perspectives with me so for me, when um, uh, Save the Children came up with this initiative, uh, I felt uh, at home in mm. some way. Uh, I really felt very uh, in a very intuitive way yeah. uh, that this is the way, uh, the right way to work. And we had uh, uh, started working together a few years before. Mm. So there was this, so I think one of the things that was interesting for me over the last couple of days was that like, was that the 
the kind of civil society, the, the, the NGOs were in the room, Marmorstad and other public organizations were in the room. And then we were also beginning to start seeing private sector organizations turning up like Sueco. We met with Ikea this morning, you know. And so there's, there's something now about like there's another piece of the, of the puzzle beginning to arrive to the table that is beginning to feel quite exciting you know and like it was pretty funny to sit down with like ikea this morning and then be like oh yeah we're doing something similar to that we realize we need to completely transform our business you know and so it's it's kind of amazing for me that people in these fundamentally different sectors are having the same realization right and then finding each other somehow <laughs> finding each other to do this to do this kind of work Right. And, uh, and and it seems to me like that's kind of why Forward Malmo exists, you know, like that, like the last two days was a lot of people finding each other, you know, and then beginning to be like, oh, maybe we could do something together. Maybe actually beyond just being like, oh, yeah, we feel the same or the intuition is right. What if we what if we began to take some action together? Does that mm-hmm. seem true? Yeah, I think so. Um, the the th- the thing that has made a lot of possibilities for us is that we've been we've been searching for answers outside our organization, mm-hmm. right? Not developing prototypes and and policies and everything indoors. Right. So the um, I think the, the the fingertip feeling of this is isn't just a coincidence. <laughs> we've been talking with so many people over the last years. Uh, the, the the private sector is a coincidence. I don't know about that because we haven't talked with them that much. They've just they've just <laughs> they, decided to start turning up. Yeah, they uh, maybe they saw forward Malmo on Facebook or something. I don't know uh, when people are saying, "Oh my God, this is a little bit scary." I think it's scary as well, but I'm I'm not. Uh, I'm pretty confident that we're doing the right thing because we've listened and listened and listened and working together with people and and talking and and trying. Mm-hmm. So so the um, the um, the thing is that we. These discussions have has been. They weren't the the, the first thing. The, the yes. first they come up with in the room, right? Yeah. So they, we've been talking with them for for a lot of time. Well, and I wonder as you say that, I wonder if it's um, this. Um, I think it's from complexity science. This this term like a strange attractor. Right, that, that things are happening that attract too. So if we didn't go out and kind of court the private sector, but there was enough energy enough talk enough kind of coming together in other sectors that the private sector then became attracted to the project right so it wasn't necessarily going out and seeking although i think in multi-sector work they have to be a part of it uh but just to hear you say like i don't really know uh, that says to me that there was some momentum being gained there was something happening that was attracting folks in that sector and i think we heard from them over the last two days that they were really pleased with how things were going um which is I think not something we often hear from folks in the private sector about something that feels public or NGO sponsored. I think the the, the level of um, um, that we've di- we've we have iterated the, the the issues and the and the problems and the answers <clears throat> and 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 when we fa- thought we had the solution, we thought we we saw that no, we haven't. So the the level of uh, of quality that we're doing deli- delivering in the work right now. I think that um, exceeds much of of the other work that mm. has been is is done, uh, and also the process that we were doing with you guys because that's that's the crucial thing because we started this as an in-house thing, talking around the table, 
And we say, we can't do it like that. We must, we must get other people involved. Mm. Mm. And then the in-house people get angry because they're, they're not in it. <laughs> but we can't have everybody in it from our, <laughs> our, 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 uh, our office. So, um, so I, I think the, the, the level of, of, of quality in, in, the, in the work and then also um, the process that you, we've been working with you guys, it, it's, it's been so crucial. We have been looking at different models um, over the last five or six years, I think. And they're good models, but it doesn't deliver what, what we get in this kind of process. Mm. So that's, I think that's the main thing because we wouldn't be able to sit down with, with the people this morning and, and having that kind of conversation because then we would sell some fluffy thing right. that they would say, okay, that sounds good. Get back to us when you have something, something to offer. <laughs> <laughs> and we say, they, they're not in it. They're not in it. They don't understand it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So you said that to us a few times and then, you know, I've always, I always kind of like deflect that back to you without being mm. like, thank you <laughs> for acknowledging that and mm. seeing that, you know, and I feel like the quality of relationship building, all three of you have been mm -hmm. doing and many, many others have been doing over the last year, particularly, but from and with Mikael and others over the last eight years or yeah. longer that people have been working on this. Even when you talk about the work you're doing in your hometown and the quality of relationship you've built there in what you're doing, there's some attention to relationship that you all have that is like, I don't know, it's like creating fertile ground for our work to yeah, turn up, right. right? And have a proper impact. Because if you bring our work into a place where there hasn't been that kind of attention to relationship and care for each other, like it's really difficult to get it going. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like we're coming in and then the process is just giving people a way to organize to get things done, right? Because the relationships are already being built. And it was really funny because someone said, I'd forgotten where we were, where we were talking about the last two days. Someone, everyone was pointing at trust being one of the most significant problems. And then someone pointed out that everyone in that room, was it Rodolfo, was it yeah. you? Yeah. You pointed out that everyone in that room got there because they had a trusting relationship to somebody else mm. because that's how the invitation happened. And I just thought that was magic, just that. Can you say a little bit about that? And I'll stop talking. Yeah, I think we were. It was yesterday that we were discussing about uh, about this. That in many of the conversations that we had during the workshop, I mean, many people actually expressed that uh, um, this is this is very interesting what we're doing. But honestly, before I was here, I couldn't understand properly what you guys are trying to do or what you what's the whole thing around this. Yeah. But actually, uh, the reason I'm here is because I. I promised Yuel to be here, mm. well, because I mean, Yuel and I, we've been having a working relationship for many mm. years. And then for me, it's, I mean, if he's saying this is important, then I will be here. Mm. And the same I heard about like Christian or like Mika called me. So that's why I'm, I'm coming here. And, and, and I think that, uh, I think, and I know that that has a very strong, as you said, like a ground that is the value that is like the common ground that we need to, to, to build this kind of uh, processes. I am a, I'm a kind of a fan of a of a architecture in England that is his name is Indy Ewart and he's he's always talking about like designing designing long conversations it's mm. the architecture of long conversations that's what we need to work with 
and I've been telling you as well about this, I, I do believe that we are designing a long conversation here where we will see a lot of outputs and outcomes in, the, in, in a closer future, but it's this gathering, this is making things on a personal level. I, I, I told you as well, like two months ago when we were having a very tough discussion about like, man, what are we going to do with this? How is, what is going to happen? And I said to you, remember, I said, this is personal. We need to feel that this is personal. It's like when the mothership is not for sale and this is <laughs> wow. our mothership. And then when you put things on a level that uh, you really feel that the mothership is not for sale and everyone agrees upon that, then you have you have a movement. Then you have like this level of traction and commitment yeah. uh, towards a group of people. That is yeah. that makes actually things happen, yeah. and I do believe, honestly, during the, these twelve years that I've been living in Sweden, I, I do believe that there is some kind of a, it's it's imprinted in the cultural DNA of Swedes. This gathering around fika, around yeah. like a nice piece of bread and coffee, and gathering trying to plan solutions and trying to make uh, the best out of a specific situation. Right. When I moved here, I was a little bit unhappy of some things, like I couldn't find a proper job, like at least yeah. not a job as an anthropologist. Yeah. Uh, so I started working in restaurants and I was kind of like struggling, like how to, how to do things on my way. And because I, you know, it, the system was telling me like, you need to learn Swedish first. Yeah. And then the, the first thing that the Swedish uh, teachers told me is like, you know what? If you want to make a change in this uh, society, you need to start your own organization. You gather people. And I actually did that. And yeah, it's just, just like, you know, start inviting wow. people and start talking informally and coffee around the table. And suddenly you have an organization and you have the movement and you start moving those questions that are important to you. And I think, as I said, this is uh, imprinted in the cultural DNA of Swedes. I mean, like mm. now we have a specific situation. There is a challenge. We gather and we try to 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 build a solution upon that. Uh, and I think those are the kind, these, these are the kind of things that we have seen in the last two days where people really feel connected yeah. on a personal level. I mean, it's yeah. like the individual yeah. values that are there in place. And if you have that as, as the ground to start doing things, I yeah. think it's, uh, something very beautiful will come out, out of that yeah. with your help. Yeah. 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 You keep referencing, and I even in my opening referenced like the point that you moved to Sweden, like your mm. life just started then. Mm -hmm. But there was a whole period of life that happened before that for you. So mm -hmm. just for our just for our listeners, can you give a little sense of where you've come from and why you've chosen to move to Sweden, just so we have some context? Yeah, well, it's Sweden. Twelve years ago, before that, I used to work as an archaeologist. I had my own uh, firm in Costa Rica, working with one of my best friends, actually for eight years uh, as an archaeologist, and we were doing well. We were actually making money out of that, <laughs> and we were quite impressed of uh, of that result. It's like, man, we can we can make money out of yeah, but being nerds and <laughs> and. <laughs> We were doing well in Costa Rica at some point, even though that we were doing a lot of archaeological excavations. Uh, in every archaeological site in Costa Rica, we used that opportunity to invite the public schools to come and take a look of the kind of things that we were like digging out. And uh, we realized that especially small children, they got like super inspired by this idea yeah. of just to touch things that normally museums, you cannot even be close to the to the glass, glass the because right. there, is, there is an alarm, so you should not touch it. And actually, we gave them the opportunity even to, um, in, uh, so in most of the opportunities, jump in into the archaeological site and be the ones digging that thing wow. for the first time. So cool. And that was a lot of, uh, it was 
a lot of empowerment for these kids. And uh, very quickly, we had schools, actually teachers that came the week after, and we were thinking, I do you want to jump into the archaeological site, maybe bring new children? And they said, like, no, there is, the problem is that the children cannot stop talking about, uh, about the visit, and they're actually talking about creating a museum. And <laughs> how can we do that? We just want to know if there is a way to start a mu local museum. And we were like, we don't know about that, but uh, we, can, we can try to figure things out together. And, and, and as I said, after eight years, then I realized it was this process of uh, maybe I should start working more with living people than dead people. I mean, like start of jumping into how to educate these children and how Sounds to like start you were working with living people. You were yes, using dead exactly. people to work with living people. Like but leaving know. aside the material <laughs> jars and all these other things that we were putting together Got and expending a lot of time. So that's 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 what I did. And then I started this master program in in, uh, in human rights and education for peace, and it yeah. was kind of like trying to focus on how the the fact that you can develop your identity around the cultural heritage. I mean, that is yeah. implicit in your right to have an identity and your right to feel that you can do things around your own history and so on and so on. Yeah. So that was part of the journey. So I stopped working and I started studying again and I got involved with another organization at the same time when I was studying that is called Children International Summer Villages where I started doing uh, international camps with children from 55 different countries where we were using peace education as a platform for them to uh, learn, to develop friendship mm -hmm. and uh, and so on and that's where i met my my wife nice. at that time we were uh, waiting for a danish leader with four children uh, coming to costa rica and well it became that she was swedish from the south of sweden and we well i will not say that we fell in love but it started some kind of a relationship and after two years <laughs> after two years of traveling back and forth i was broke and she was kind of like broke as well and we decided okay who's moving where and uh, yeah. i said like, maybe i can give a try to sweden and and that's 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 history i decided okay. to stay here and i felt like i um, i felt very swedish in many ways and mm. um well i'm happy you did yeah mm. and now I'm, yeah yeah Malmo Ito, no that's <laughs> right I love we're it. taking that word back yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> sabine yeah. i noticed you you were taking some notes yeah. when Rodolfo was pointing at this kind of like natural cultural kind of like oh there's a problem let's gather start an organization have a cup of coffee and a bit of cake and get to work yeah. and like just what, yeah. what, it seemed to spark something in you yeah it did uh, it reminded me of uh, what I learned from the NGO we started mm. because uh, we were uh, uh, quite a new kind of NGO because movements, as Rodolfo already told us, are very common in Sweden. Mm. That's the way to do things. Mm. Uh, and uh, it has been important for the Swedish democracy to de develop mm. by movements. Uh, we call them people movements. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they, uh, some of them have uh, been, uh, by the time, rather traditional. Mm. And perhaps they would need some development as well. Uh, and when we started our uh, NGO, uh, we were a new kind. So we, we a uh, lot of people, when we came up with new ideas of how to do things and mm. how to develop things. And I got used to hear uh, people uh, 
people with power telling me, uh, I was young then, uh, people with power telling me that, oh, that w won't work. Mm. Mm. You, you will never succeed. Uh, we didn't listen to them, but it was not uh, fun to hear, though. Right. Um, but uh, we believed in our ideas, so we continued and we succeeded. Mm. We didn't fail. We did mistakes, but it worked. Uh, so I, uh, I am used to hear that won't work, but I don't believe in it. Oh, I don't nice. uh, care when people say so. I notice it. Uh, but uh, I just put it in uh, that that's their attitude and uh, it uh, is because they lack some knowledge or something don't know really uh, but but I think uh, it has to do with uh, the culture uh, when we work together we we have to say yes instead of no yeah. Mm. That's important. I'm loving this. It's so inspiring hearing you guys talk. I know. I was thinking we work with such great people. Too. I know. <laughs> we too. Oh, <laughs> look at this. Well, you I wanted to ask you. So you've left Malmo for two weeks. Mm. I want to mm. know what is it? I mean, like, what is it about Malmo? You, I mean, your whole life, you only left two weeks and you wanted to come back and you haven't left for that long again. <laughs> so I'm just curious, what is it about this place? Uh, I think one of the reasons is that I'm, actually a pretty lazy person. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I haven't really experienced you that way. No, there's a story by, behind that. Yeah. Where I'm, uh, where I'm, but uh, that's one. Uh, but then I, I'm, I really like uh, uh, relationships. I, I really like talking to people. Uh, and, and you can talk to uh, so much people in Malmö. And I don't, mm. I don't have the the um the urge to go places everywhere I, I, and there's still places in Malmö that I haven't been to ah. so I don't, don't go there first nice <laughs> so uh mm, I don't mm. that's so lazy liking relationships um and I like Malmö <laughs> there's still more to explore here right absolutely so choose I kind of want to kind of we've got about you know 10 to 15 minutes left tops okay. on the podcast and Great. so I was wondering about just trying to pull us into where we're going next with forward Malmo Fantastic. right yeah. because we've made what I think is a really interesting strategic choice here yes right we've made where, a choice where where you know we've been working for a year we've now got a whole bunch of people involved there's momentum there's energy there's different organizations there's legal entities like we're, we're making this thing happen and um and we've kind of said it's very difficult to go out into this community and say, we're doing systems change. We don't know where we're going, right? We don't know what the outcomes are going to be. We're not quite sure what the cost is going to be. Uh, and we don't know how long it's going to take, right? Please give us all of your money and uh, a bunch of resources and people to help get it done. It's been a really hard sell. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that I put in it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I know. even... I know, it right. Didn't, it didn't we, convince them. We used no. the word awesome a lot. Yeah. And still, nobody was, like, jumping on well, board. Well, to be fair, all of that got us to hear. It's true. That right? is true. So yeah. just, I'm sure it was the a awesome. Lot of inspiration. Awesome yeah. got us to hear. Yeah. And now we need to, you know, make a bit yeah. of a pivot. Yeah. And so what we've decided to do is acknowledge that this is long-term work. There aren't clear outcomes, but there's a really clear need that we have to respond to, right? So we've got we've got all kinds of incredible people doing all kinds of incredible work. The problem is, is that they're not connected and they're not coherent. So this isn't about taking action. It's about connecting action 
So we actually have a, uh, a movement that is carrying us into the future. And, and Forward Malmo's intention is to be the kind of connective tissue between all of that. So the movement can really emerge and be amplified, right? And so we've decided that what we're going to do is we're going to wrap it up as a leadership cohort for the next 12 months, right? We're going to call it a leadership program, right? And we're going to travel the Otto Sharma U because everybody around here knows what the U is. So we can call it the U. And everyone's like, oh, great, it's from MIT. It's an old white bloke. He made it. Totally trustworthy. Off we go. Now, the U's lovely, but it's one of hundreds of models for systems change we could pick from. And we're picking it because it's the most popular. And we're dressing this as a leadership program, as a cohort program of 40 to 55 people who are committing to a 12-month journey together because you feel like people will get it, right? Mm. We're feeling like people will get it. And, and, and it's not that it's not true. We are a cohort of 40 to 55 people and we are going to be doing concrete projects and we are going to be learning about systems change and we are going to be exploring the city as a whole and we are going to be generating data that could support decision making in the city. Like We're doing all of those things that we would do through systems change, but we're just calling it a leadership program and a leadership cohort because we believe that people will be like, oh, that's a good idea. Here's some money. Here's some, we've already had people. Say, in fact, that's already beginning to happen. Yeah. I mean, we've had people from conversations this morning be like, oh, you should talk to this foundation and you can use my space in this building. And so just the change of narrative around what we're doing, it's almost like we're buying ourselves a 12 month window by calling ourselves a leadership cohort, right? Mm -hmm. To actually get this thing off the ground with the 45 people we've got in terms of setting up the systems and structures and infrastructure to carry the work forward. So I just, I just want to kind of like, uh, hear what you guys think about that. Yeah. Like, 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 because that was a decision we made on, Tuesday, Tuesday before going into the two-day session on Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> and and I, then we're pitching it this morning to like funders and private sector <laughs> leaders, you know, coming out of a two-day. I mean, it's been, talk about emergent. Yes. You know, yeah. so just, I'd just love to hear your reflections on where we're going. Uh, I'm just thinking about when I came back from the meeting and I came into the room and there was chocolate on the table and a lot of stuff going on. And I saw all of you just we're going to call it a leadership cohort. And I thought, yes, but I don't know what cohort means. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and then I just call it leadership horde. You did. You got, I like the yeah. leadership horde. I, yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. I think it, 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 is, it is that it is that what we're doing, this, yeah. the system change perspective, it's just a theory, right? right. And then the, the leadership is the, the question of it all. Yeah. If we say to someone, you should join us in here and they say, I don't know how to do it. I don't know. That's, that's, that's going to be a problem. So they yeah. need to know how they're going to personally lead themselves to navigate in this uh, context, right? So uh, I, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I was very impressed as well to see it, uh, even though that we came up with this on, on, on a Tuesday afternoon and then on Wednesday, actually, when we were working all together, the 50 of us, as a result of one of, our, of the exercises that we were doing, just to see that it was like a very clear need of leadership right. it came out didn't it it oh, came yeah. out and it actually was day. it was the most voted of all these uh, right. different areas of, of things that we need to develop and, and and it was very clear that i mean there is a big necessity of a building capacity in terms of of the leadership and 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 what do we mean with leadership and how can we work together towards 
that aspect and, and for me it was really like wow i mean it's like we we we, we kind of like it was like this nostradamus who could uh, <laughs> we, we saw, yeah we saw the future before it That's was right. actually happening and I, really, I really think that uh, people need the the the, the, the this like defragmented um, space to just think and work yeah but you can't call it system change because that's that's not that's not a word that fits mm. yeah. leadership is, is far more um, close to what you're doing every day yeah even though right. it's it is system change right yeah so okay. it, I I'm really impressed that you you got you, you came to that conclusion and then I'm impressed as you say that the people just we need the leadership program yeah. for myself and the rest of us Right, and, and it's great because there's this one-year window, but yeah. we're all in for a 15-year yeah. journey. But we've just managed to describe the first one year. Yeah, Sorry yeah and, and the interesting thing is during the last year when we worked together and uh, when we met stakeholders, uh, others also ha has identified leadership as one crucial right. thing to work with. Mm. And uh, we have it in a very central uh, document called the Malmö Commission final yeah. report right they pointed it mm. out as well uh, so there also is an understanding uh, for the need of working with it and the interesting thing is that the, uh, as we already noticed during the last two years that uh, we need to work with it in so many layers because mm. uh, we have the leadership cohort yeah. Uh, and also we have all directors and uh, formal leaders yeah. uh, and we are going to work with them in uh, other ways and yeah. workshop together with them and they also are very interested we just began talking to some of rep the representatives yeah. uh, so together right. this will uh, uh, this could really have an impact right. on the future work I think yeah, I think it was uh, so nice with the magic happening in the room where, where so many people just say, this is what we need. Just um, forgetting all the, 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 the things in their everyday life and just, oh, w you could really see it. And when everybody put their dots on it, it's just, yes, mm. found it. Mm. <laughs> that was really nice. Yeah. And I really like the... We don't know who came up with the sentence. I think it's you. <laughs> that we we don't know where where to get, but we know how to get there, right? Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. How to yeah. get? Yeah. 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 I think that's um, and and that um, I think that's that's something that that is also strengthening the process right now mm -hmm. because people believe in it. Yeah. <laughs> they believe in the how. Yeah even though they don't exactly know what the destination is. They yes. believe that the approach is going to get us where we need to go because yeah. we're going to figure it out together. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it trustworthy, mm -hmm. right? And there's there's some beauty in that, mm -hmm. you know? And I just love that you're pointing at the structure. I mean, we've got such a simple structure of like an operations team who's doing the administration and the organizing, a leadership cohort that is doing the kind of learning and the prototyping and the actions, right? And then a strategy team that is creating and we're building it now, this protective layer around the work and is helping us think through how we navigate the power and hierarchy in the city as we go about it. So, I mean, it's simple, but it's powerful. So 
we've been going about 40 minutes. Why yeah. don't you take us into the closing bit? All righty. Well, you know, at this point in the podcast, we usually ask for a couple of things. And it's great when we have guests because you can give them to us. And it's not just coming from Tim and I. But we like to hear about a song that you're listening to or that's really working for you right now and a poem that inspires you. So maybe we'll give it to Yol first to give us a song and tell us the song and why you like it. And then um, Sabina will let you take us out with a poem. It's the the weight by the band nice. uh, from the last waltz concert, where uh, the staple singers and everybody jo- just joined in, mm-hmm. and I really like the live version and uh, and just the feeling of it, uh, and they they just they just bringing it. When I saw old Carmen and the devil walking side by side And I said, hey Carmen, come on, let's go downtown She said, I gotta go, but my friend can stick around Take a load off, Fanny Take a load for free Take a load off Pure joy and just n- n- nothing correctness, or they're, they're just doing it, just letting it go. Yeah, oh, so man. I really like that, uh, and I've and I've been listening to it since I was like 13, and oh. for like 10 years I played it on my guitar every day. Oh wow! <laughs> now I play it like once a once a once a week <laughs> <laughs> because I'm doing other things like being a dad and this kind of work. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want me to tell you about the yeah. poem? Before? That would be wonderful yeah. if you would, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, it is from a Swedish author called uh, Stig Dagerman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, very engaged in society mm. uh, and he really wanted justice and equity mm. for mm. everybody. Uh, so he fighted for that in mm. many ways. Mm. Uh, and he wrote uh, many angry poems about <laughs> society questions. Mm. Uh, but once he wrote this poem, uh, which I think he did, uh, this is my analysis, I think he did it to to comfort himself. That oh. Because you can't struggle every day. Sometimes you have to, to rest or uh, sometimes you have to just do a little thing mm. for your... Uh, neighbor or <laughs> your family or somebody you meet and yeah. um, the, the the poem is called uh, well I don't know what it's called but it's about <laughs> that you can't no I'll just read it and and you have a, a written t- translation yeah, we'll, do, we'll do a translation in English yeah. in the podcast notes folks yeah. so go go check it out and don't forget the song that you just heard from uh, from our friend Joel, you're going to find on the Spotify playlist as well. So we've got all the lists of all the songs we do on the podcast there, and uh, and just to all three of you, like thank you for speaking English. Yeah, thank you. Right. Thank you. And we're going to hear the poem in Swedish, which is yeah. fantastic, yeah. and yeah. there'll be an English translation. But just like thank you for yeah, thank speaking you. English here, but also in the work in general. You know, mm-hmm. it, uh, it it gives us an access point which otherwise we wouldn't have to be able to oh. be helpful. So. Jorden kan du inte ändra. Stilla din häftiga själ. Endast ett kan du göra. En annan människa väl. Men redan det är så mycket. Att själva stjärnorna ler. 
till en hungrande broder mindre betyder. Till en hungrande människa mindre betyder en broder mer. Thank you. I love it that you didn't read that and that you just knew it. You know? It's in my heart. Yeah, that's what it that's what it says to me. Like some poems. Yeah. It's probably like that song you could sing every word, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah, thank for being you all. with us today. So so much. It's been amazing to be with you today, but just amazing to be with you in your place. Yeah. Really Absolutely. grateful. That's it for this episode of Find the Outside the Podcast. New episodes of the podcast are available every second Tuesday. And you can share this episode or any episode with folks you know directly. You can find that at our website at findtheoutside.com slash podcast. You can find an easy to share link there that you can share on social media or send by send to folks via email. And you can find the links to any of the resources we mentioned during the show and the show notes for the episode over at findtheoutside.com forward slash podcast. And this episode was edited and produced by Mark Coffin at Sound Good Studio. And the theme music for the Find the Outside podcast is by Bear- Gary-, Gary Blakemore. You can also. <laughs> right, you'll get his name right one time. One time you're going to do it, and I it's just going to like it's going to flow out I of your never. mouth, and then you're going to be like, "Oh my god, Tim, I got his name right." It's, it's going to ne- happen. It's, it's like a thing on the podcast now. It's isn't a it? thing. It's, it's a thing, and it's a legitimate thing. I mess up every time. I know. Sorry, I'm Gary. So I've sorry, known, Gary. I've known Gary since I was 18. He's he's in he's he's in his house laughing right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, y'all. I'm sorry, Barry. Exactly. Take care, folks. See, see you, you next time. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>